Welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. Welcome to the Impact Podcast. Today we are joined by the co-founder of The Bold Company, Manny Chan. She was only 19 when she founded the company, taking a gap year before university and using the opportunity to venture into China to meet manufacturers to bring her first idea to life. She hoped to create a multifunctional backpack that could be used for work and exercise as there was no such product in the market. Today, The Bolt Company is a $2.5 million athleisure brand, but the path towards achieving this success was definitely not a smooth sailing one. So our topic of today is how youth can be bold while handling failure. Hi, Mandy. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Nicole. Yeah, it's great to meet you. So tell me a bit about yourself. Like, what are you doing? How old are you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, sure. So um, I'm 25 this year. Uh, currently, I'm still the co-founder of The Book Company, where we want to empower people to be a little, uh, little bit bolder in life through our gear as well as our digital platform, which is coming up. Yeah, so that's something really exciting to look forward to. And we have also just concluded our fourth Kickstarter campaign as of last Friday. Yeah. Cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I was super daunted when I saw that the company is a $2.5 million athleisure brand. Um, also, I'm very embarrassed because we're the same age. So, <laughs> um, very impressive achievements that you've had so far. Let's talk a bit about, I guess, how you started out with, with the business. Um, I understand that you took a gap year to start your own business um, when you were 19. And I think for a lot of us going through like the Singapore education system, that's not a very common approach, especially at the age of 19. So tell me a bit about that. Yeah, like what motivated you to take the leap? Mm, I think for me, there was always this uh, curiosity about business since young. So like from primary school, I started selling like marshmallows to my friends to make extra pocket money. And I think moving on to secondary school where um, this guy who liked me asked me to join this business competition. And I thought that, you know, having a boyfriend in secondary school was a cool thing. So I said yes. So after the competition, I fell in love, not with him, but with the idea of creating something, a product that could make somebody's lives better. So moving on to junior college after I graduated, I then decided to take a leap of faith towards um, fostering that interest in business. Because I think business gives me that sense of control over your own destiny that you can control, for example, how much input versus the rewards that you have. Particularly when, um, I think when the Asian financial crisis hit, you know, my dad who was a com- who was uh, an employee of the company for more than 10 years, he was laid off just like that. So I think that just gave me a new sense of um, independence and a uh, sense of wanting to control my own fate. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting because I think um, it's it, it's very inspiring. I think, mm. like you mentioned, a lot of us at 19 or like even younger than that, we don't often think about like, yeah, we think about like romance and like love and stuff like that, right? So I'm mean, just to know, I guess like, how did the idea, because I understand that you you started out um, creating like a product, right? And then um, the journey was that you guys um, put the product up online to get uh, funding going and everything, right? So I guess the question is what, how did you land on that idea, that particular product? And like, what was the process from like deciding, okay, I want to focus on this product to sell to people? How did that like kickstart like everything that came after? Yeah. 
For me, um, creating the product was actually done with my co-founder. So before the first original bag that we have, which was actually called Sweat Bag, mm. um, a lot of people don't know this because they thought that Quiver is actually our first product, but it's actually Sweat Bag. Um, we actually had tons of ideas that we threw out the window. Like uh, we had this bigger idea that, you know, we thought the market wanted it. Um, we wanted to do it purely for money, but it didn't work out because there's so many challenges that if you don't like the product mm. or you're not an end user, you won't be able to overcome these kind of challenges because it's super hard. And I think for that um, final idea that we came up with, it was for this toiletry bag um, because whenever I go to the gym, I'll always leave behind my toiletry bag. And I realized that with the so many forgotten toiletry bags that I wasn't alone. That's why I wanted to create a toilet a bag that could actually encompass, you know, going in with just one bag and going out with a bag. So mm-hmm. there's a toiletry bag and as well as a shoe compartment where you can put in the, the clothes and um, shoes and everything that you need for a gym session just in one bag. Mm. It sounds as if the process was very much, you know, you had this idea that, you know, you want to do business, but at the end of the day, like coming out of a product, I was really going back to thinking about what you as a consumer you know, really struggled with and then from there working out what is it that, what is the value that you can provide um, the market? Is that what it was like? Yeah. So it was ultimately solving my own problem and realising that there were other people like me who had the same pain point. Mm. Yeah, because when I started sharing this idea with my friends, instead of the, oh my god, here she goes again kind of face, they gave me the, oh my god, that's actually kind of cool. I actually <laughs> want to pre-order it. That's when you know you made it. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, okay. Like, reject the faces, you know. Interesting. So, I guess, um, then take me through the, the process of, you know, you 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 finally realise that, okay, this is a product that I think will work in the market, right? How did it get from that to becoming a $2.5 million <laughs> at the leisure brand? Yeah. So when we first started, um, there was this challenge thrown by, thrown by my mentor where he challenged us to sell a thousand units of bag within three months. If not, we'll give him $2,500. If we did, he would give us like $5,000. And of course, you know, I said yes, even though I did not have like 2.5k in my bank account because there was nothing to lose, right? Um, at most, Except I would just... 2.5k. <laughs> 2.5k. <laughs> yeah. Um, and eventually, we managed to do it with the help of uh, Andrew Bell, who is actually the master franchise master franchise of Anytime Fitness, who believed in us, even though we showed her a mere prototype of the bag. And I think it was from there that we realised that, okay, um, to really convince somebody, you need to really believe in what you're selling. Um, oftentimes, people believe in you rather than the product. They don't really care about what you want to sell. Mm. They care about the passion you have behind the product itself. So that's what I learned. And subsequently, when we brought um, our second product, Quiver, into the crowdfunding space, we realised that the demand was not only from locally, it was actually an international demand. So that was when things started to move a little bit faster and we started launching all our products on Kickstarter. And um, I think the one that really put the nail in the coffin <laughs> or <laughs> a milestone step was when we actually collaborated with Fitness First. Mm. So that was actually last year, right before the pandemic hit, um, we actually did a collaboration with their uniform and merchandise. So if you walk to any Fitness First outlets right now, you can see that um, our logo is actually on every of their uniform. Yeah, so because we really believe in this kind of um, partners who are all about the boat spirit. Mm. Yeah. So from the process of creating that prototype product all the way until now, the successes that you have experienced, right? What are some of the challenges that you faced along the way and how did you come to overcome them? 
I think there were definitely some, I think three main challenges that I faced. I think firstly, like financially, because mm. at 19, you don't really have deep pockets, mm. right? So uh, it was made worse when my parents decided to cut me off financially, when mm. I decided to take the gap year, because they believed that I should go to university straight. And I had to work um, several part-time jobs in order to fund the whole business, as well as like um, for daily livelihood and stuff like that. Um, so that was one. I think another one was uh, the mental kind of challenge as well. Knowing that everyone else is progressing so far ahead of you when you don't even have a finished product in your hand. Because I was in a prototyping lab for like six, no, six to nine months without anything to show. Yet my friends were, oh, finishing their first master of like university. They were enjoying their break. They were taking so many pictures, you know, on Instagram and all that. Mm. And you don't want to compare, but you can't help but It's, tra- it's challenging, yeah. Yeah, and you can't help but see like, oh shit, this is where I could have been. Um... Is that questioning yourself whether this is really worth it? I think the mental challenge of um, being dead and having no one to relate to you because all your friends are talking about is, oh, how do I get A in the next test rather than um, how can I make the next sale? Mm. Yeah, so I think that was another one, the, the, the isolation. I think physically as well, um, trying to be a one-man show for everything. Yeah. Uh, initially, when my co-founder joined the company, um, he was part-time and uh, it was also the most uncertain uncertain times because um, you don't really know what to do. I've never started a business before. Um, yeah, and you have to sometimes talk to the customers and sometimes talk to the manufacturers and then suddenly you're packing orders and the next thing you're like doing marketing collaterals. So trying to be every everything and everyone at the same time, I think that was a physical strain as well. So I used to work like, you know, more than 10 hours a day, and just to fulfill the different responsibilities because we couldn't afford to hire somebody at the start. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So these were some of the challenges that I faced. And I think um, resolving them, I think for the financial one, it was really like um, seeing the good in working those part-time jobs and those skills that I learned, for example, copywriting from a marketing agency eventually helped me out when creating the business when I was the one writing the uh, marketing, like the website copy and Mm. all that. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of mental isolation, I began to find friends, um, people who were much older than me, who befriended me because they started their own business. Yeah, so I started to find my own tribe, my own community of people. Um, sure, I still have friends, you know, who are my age and we still talk about, you know, boys, whatever. But uh, I still have, you know, another group of friends that I talk um, about more, about other stuff with. So mm. group, different groups of friends for different things. Mm. Yeah. And I guess for physically-wise, um, we did manage to hire somebody at the end of year one. And ever since then, we've just been um, growing the team. Mm. I really find it super inspiring that I think a lot of times we... Or you hear about a lot of like startups, right? Like the founders often have like a financial kind of like backing or help from like either their parents or, you know, they know some VC, you know. I think it's very admirable that you not only... I think I'm back on the process alone, but also that, yeah, it was during a period of time where financial independence was very new to you, right? Getting cut off by your parents at the age of 19. I think it's something that we all go through, but to have that plus an added responsibility of starting a business, I think it's like no easy feat. So, hats <laughs> off, man. <laughs> hats off. Impressive. <laughs> so, I'm very curious to know also, because you mentioned that um in the journey of like prototyping your your the first product, you went to China to source for um, materials, right? I guess the question is, what was the reason behind choosing to venture to China? And what was the experience kind of like for you? 
Um, so when we started, right, we actually wanted to produce in Singapore so mm. we could oversee the whole manufacturing. But the problem was that I couldn't find any factories in Singapore that could do bags, mm. specifically the kind of bags that uh, we needed, which is a little bit more complicated than the usual because you need some, you need to create new things. And uh, the next area that we wanted to explore was the world's manufacturing hub, which is China. So that's why I decided on China. And... Um, the experience of contacting a manufacturer. So we don't ha- we don't know anybody, right? So think about this. It's just like, you're 19, you don't know anybody. Uh, you haven't even been to China before. So and how's your <laughs> Mandarin speaking level? Uh, okay, I spoke Mandarin at home, which was like a plus okay, thing, yeah. thank goodness. Uh, but the thing was having to talk to them, to, to, to even um, present yourself. So we started having tips from like different businessmen on like how to talk to Chinese um, manufacturers which is that you kind of have to fluff yourself up a little bit and, oh, you're going to like order a huge quantity. It's just like we're going to do a trial order first. Mm. Yeah, so um, things like that. And then uh, it was true exploring on like online sites, like think of dating, but for manufacturing. <laughs> so you contact them on like uh, Alibaba on globalsources.com. You arrange meetups with them. You fly over to them and you meet them in person. So you went see. down to like the manufacturing like plant to meet them. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was um wanting to communicate via text and video call. But we uh after meeting with so many people, we we understood that it was super important to have a very solid foundation, solid relationship with your manufacturer. Mm. And I think meeting them in real life to sense how they were like, to see the factories, because some people can say, you know, they have a hundred employees. But when you go there, there's like 20 people. Mm. And they're like, oh, 50 people are on sick leave. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay. So you need to see like the um, validity of their, whatever they put up on their website as well. Mm. Yeah. So it was from there that um, I managed to find our first manufacturer and we have worked with that manufacturer ever since. Mm. So how's that manufacturer doing now, like after COVID? And since I think you haven't been able to travel Mm. over to China to meet them, right? Mm. So thankfully, I think we have built a quite a good relationship with them. Mm. Um, every year we all at least go at least once. Um, right now they are still doing pretty well. Uh, definitely more of the Asian countries are ordering rather than like the other like mm. US and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. I guess to follow up from that, what is something that you learned from this whole process of like having to go down to China and then like sourcing for the materials yourself? Mm. I think the biggest lesson was, uh, if not you, then who? Mm. Yeah. Because it's easy to just push it to somebody else and say that, okay, you settle. That's true. But the thing is, when you don't have anybody else, you are the only person that has to do it, even though you don't know, you don't have a clue on how to do it, but you still have to do it. So it's about finding how to do it and then uh, believing that you can actually do it. Mm. I think this goes nicely to my next question um, about the whole idea of empowering your customers to be like bold and like empower them to take on challenges. I think that's something that um, I understand that the Bo company is trying to put at the forefront of, of, of your branding. So I guess, how have you through your products been able to achieve this goal? For all our products, um, we have always designed it to be multifunctional, um, which suits the lifestyle of both people that we believe they do multiple activities in a day. So for example, um, our latest bag, Paito, it is actually meant to be an everyday slash travel bag that you can bring for gym. There's a shoe compartment if you want to use it. If not, you can flatten it. Um, there's clothes compartment and all that. But uh, we also have a luggage slot in case you ever want to travel. So these are the little small things that we put into our products to make sure that it can adapt to whatever activity that go uh, that you want to go for. 
I think another thing that we did was um really rebranding. So as of last year, uh, this year, a few months ago, we actually rebranded from Bofo Boat, which many people would have known us for. Yes, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. And then we remember we actually rebranded to the boat company. And the reason for that is because um we wanted a name that would more represent what we want to do. Not only just in the physical products realm, but also we want to move into digital products, which is something that will be um, upcoming in the next few months. Mm. Yeah, to actually enable people to do more than just, you know, having a physical reminder there, but also but also, how can we um, uh, empower people in other ways? So mm. I think that's something that we are trying to solve right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Can you give me like a hint <laughs> on, or like a sneak peek as to what that kind of looks like? Yeah, so um, we're actually creating an app Cool. Yeah, that allows you to to actually do challenges with your friends. Cool, 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 yeah, cool, yeah. cool. And I think that's super relevant to, I guess, like our life, like now, right? Like having to be in like lockdown and then trying to stay active mm. while isolated. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. Sounds very exciting. So, um, I want to talk a bit about entrepreneurship. I think it's something that um it's has been an increasingly popular career path for a lot of people of our generation. My question to you is, do you have any advice for, I guess, a group of like youth who might be interested in starting out on their own like entrepreneurship journey? I would say, you know, just be bold and just do it. <laughs> yeah, because I think when you're young, there's nothing to lose. There's no opportunity cost. The cost is probably um, a miss outings with friends. Uh, it's probably, you know, time for school that you shouldn't sacrifice too much, but you can afford to sacrifice a little bit more and your weekends. Yeah, because when you get older, when you get older, you have more commitments, right? You have, you know, um, a spouse, you have kids, marriage, all that. So you don't want to be tied down by anything when you start. I think that's the best case scenario. Um I think it's also to find a mentor. Mm. I think that's another thing. When I started, I was really, really lucky to have uh, two mentors who guided me in the whole journey. Um, when I didn't know anything, whenever I had a breakdown, they were always there. So uh, these are people who have been there and done that. So find a mentor that you, whose life you dream of having. I think thirdly is to um, always stay hungry for more. Yeah, I think the the thing that differentiates a person um who perseveres in entrepreneurship versus a person who doesn't is the desire to want to make it. So I think desire is super, super important. You need to know your why. Why do you want to do it? Is it purely for money? If it is, it is okay. But um, what is the number you have in mind? When do you want to achieve it? Rather than having this arbitrary goal that, oh, I want to be rich. But what does rich look like? You need to be very definitive of um why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. And mm. personally for you, what is your why? For me, I would say it's really um, seeing other people because of my company um, taking that leap of faith. Yeah. I think it frustrates me a lot, especially when I talk to my friends or talk to people that, you know, they have so many things that they want to do, but they don't do it because they're scared of this and that. Mm. But sometimes I'm just like, you, you just need to screw things and just do it. Mm. Because um, if you don't, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you're accountable to yourself and you don't want to regret, right? Um, there's this book called Top 5 Regrets of the Dying by this palliative nurse who basically asks around people who were dying uh, what was their biggest regrets in life. And I think the biggest regret that they have was um, 
living a life not true to themselves, but what other people expected of them. Yeah. So I would say if you have any, you know, dreams that you have, um, it's not ever too young or too late to start. Thanks. I think that was very inspiring. Um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us your story today. I think you've definitely given our audience some very inspiring advice on being entrepreneur. And also I think like you've helped me reflect on like the whole idea of like living up to my own expectations and fear of failure. So thank you for that. Um, I believe that, you know, the, the Bo Company will continue enjoying success and continue being like a local brand that many of our Singaporeans are proud of. If any of you tuning in would like to check out the products by The Bold Company, where would they be able to find you? Yeah, so they can find us on Instagram um, at thebold.co or on Facebook as well as our website. So right now our website is boldforbold.com. Um, if not, it's thebold.co, which we are changing soon. Cool. Thanks so much, Mandy, for joining us today. <laughs> All right, thank you. This show was brought to you by Youthtopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind? Nominate that person at youthtopia.sg forward slash impact.